you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Fantasy Freaks and Geeks, what is up on this beautiful Tuesday morning? You're listening to the NFL Fantasy Life Podcast. I'm James Coe, Marcus Grant, MG, my guy, joining me alongside the Wiz Kid from Wisconsin, Alex Gelhard, making it all happen behind the glass, and West Virginia's finest, of course, Matt Harmon, in the hizzy. What's up, man? How you doing? It gets more and more offensive every time. <laughs> <laughs> which, isn't, which isn't good for me to admit that, like... But it's not it's not going to, like, start rolling off my back anytime. Uh, good. <laughs> Excellent. That's what makes it fun. Um, so I, I didn't uh, die coming into work today. So that's, that's a good thing. These are all good. Uh, any minutes I have today will be bonus minutes. Uh, I feel like it's been, I feel like it's been a while since I've been on the podcast because uh, well it was it was different listening to <coughs> it last week with I, uh, you not making it in and me being on vacation. That's true. But the the that is true. you know next man up do your job. Do uh, your franchise. Job. Dylan tapped in and uh, yeah. put together a solid show. I, I did love though how we we got we had the closure. There was the mystery at the beginning of yeah. the podcast yes. of like yes. where is James right. Coe? and we got right. the closure right. at the very end. <laughs> with your tweet saying that you had been it was in a, an automobile accident. It was a really excellent through line. Like, you know, listening to you guys previously, I'm like, well, what, is James going to make it in? What happened? Is James okay? I, I feel like the listeners got to go on the journey, the emotional roller coaster with us, which is always nice. Oh, yes. my gosh. Yeah, so, I mean, basically, yeah, I got rear-ended pretty hard. Uh, I don't know. The, 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 the driver was driving probably 20, 30 miles per hour when she rammed into the back of my uh, my old Prius. Uh, was not fun. My neck still hurts. It's okay. Still here, toughing it out. I had to go through the fantasy concussion protocol. Um, <laughs> Glad to see you passed with flying colors. I though. did pass, so it's good. So now we're now we're set. All right, here we got a big show here. Um, we're gonna get to top headlines, of course. All these all these coaching changes, so interesting. Good I love it. Uh, and then we'll talk a little DFS. We'll um, we're really narrowing down here. Only two games left: your championship game, uh, playoff challenge picks, and of course DFS. Um, and we will give a post-mortem on the entire AFC South and kind of give you a projection of, well, our takeaways from 2015 and our projections for 2016. Yeah. Of course, we'll do daily depths as well. Kind of looking at the season that was, spinning it forward with what we know now. Give us some extra some content to talk about. And, I mean, a lot happened in 2015, as we've discussed numerous times in this podcast. It was a weird year. A weird so. year. Texans, Colts, Jags, Titans, and we will be talking about those four teams ad nauseum here. Coming up in the podcast, but let's uh, first uh, react to the divisional round here. Kansas City at New England. It was kind of a ho-hum game. Uh, Casey made it close late, but uh, I, I guess from a fantasy perspective, what do we take away? Uh, about what we thought it was going to be. I mean, there wasn't much really to speak of in that game fantasy-wise. I mean, you know, uh, but Brady had a couple of touchdown passes. Gronk is still Gronk. Yep. Uh, you know, Edelman, Edelman had a, a decent game. He had a very Edelman line. Didn't he have, like, nine catches for 100 yards? For 100 yards, something, something like that, like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, and the Chiefs don't offer much from a fantasy perspective. I think the big question is, what is, happens to this backfield in 2016 when Jamal Charles comes back? 
Because both Charkandrick West and Spencer Ware have proven effective. At times. At times. And that's why I think that it'll still be Jamal Charles and a lot of Jamal Charles. Me too. And there's a lot of talk like that they might actually get rid of him because their offense like statistically got better when he was gone, like that Ewing effect or whatever people talk about. But at the same time, they were also playing all the good teams at the beginning of the year and yeah. bad teams <laughs> at the end of the year. So that's important to note too. I do think that like Spencer Ware definitely is going to – have a role as like a finisher yeah because sure. he's really valuable at that I mean he didn't play I don't even think he played at all last week because of the injury that he had and they did yeah, the, pretty sure it was all Chark West yeah they did the like we're gonna make him active but only for an emergency thing uh, which was great for my DFS lineups <laughs> 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 and, but uh, they uh, West I think will probably be the one that is just there for depth and won't see a lot of touches if, if Charles is healthy. You know, it, it's interesting because, um, you know, anytime we look at these running back situations, you got to also kind of look at special teams. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whether it was New England with James White and uh, Brandon Bolden, um, uh, KC too, Niall Davis is a heck of a special teams player. We saw it uh, in the wild card round. So, you know, they're going to – you, you got to think they're going to retain Niall Davis. Uh, they, as, as their kick returner, yeah. I just don't see them having well, that kind of depth. Keep in uh, mind, though, that many running backs. Keep in mind, DeAnthony Thomas will be back next year too. I mean, he was their point. their kick and punt returner until he got hurt and was out for the year, and so I, I would think that he probably steps back into the special teams role when he's ready. Uh, someone's got to go. Uh, I mean, unfortunately, they, they they got some talented players there, and and again, kudos to Andy Reid, man. He coaches running backs up. Um, all of these guys have been effective at times, and and, and you got to think Andy Reid has had a big part of that. All right, Green Bay, Arizona, my God. What a game! That that game, I wish. What happened? I said this to Harmon after the game. I said, I wish I wasn't emotionally invested in that game because <laughs> honestly, it was one of the best games. As somebody who wasn't emotionally invested, it was a hell of a game to watch. Amen. Holy! <laughs> God. The, and the more distance I get from it, the more I'm able to appreciate just how ridiculous. Ridiculous. That game was. I mean, it still hurt a lot. Oh sure. <laughs> to see two hail marys to Jeff Janis of all people How to tie it? up the game. It's so crazy. <laughs> I don't, that game was something else, man. Between between Albert Wilson catching a touchdown and Jeff Janis doing what he did, you had to be. <laughs> it, was, it was insane. I was having a great afternoon. Which, by the way, real quick. Uh, Shout out to all of you listeners and all of those who follow along on Twitter for helping us make the bird alert a thing. Yes. Like, when, was, when, he, caught, when he caught the touchdown, like, my mentions just kind of, like, I went exploded with bird alert stuff. So, so much fun. Props that to all great. of you guys for, like, following along and playing along with Yeah, that was pretty sweet. Um, otherwise, uh, fantasy-wise from this game, though, David Johnson got shut down, man, by Green oh. Bay. He was, yeah. like, everybody's chalk DFS, Absolutely. chalk playoff challenge pick. Absolutely. And he did Nothing. Um, he disappointing. Didn't, he didn't look great. Gosh, I, I, the offense in general didn't look great, though. No, the, the Green Bay defense came to play, much to their credit. Like they got a great pass rush. Their right. front, their front seven, especially in the first half, just mauled the Cardinals. The Cardinals had like seventy-five total yards. Yeah. Five yards. Yeah, yeah. In the first half. I think a big part of that was uh, the hand injury to Carson Palmer. He didn't look sharp at all. He got a gift touchdown to well I guess Michael Floyd bounce, really got yeah, the, the bounce one the gift touchdown that was insane um it's good to see Fitz do Fitz things though yeah um I, I mean think about this like 90 yards of Carson Palmer's production came in that overtime yeah on on basically a broken play yep that where Larry Fitzgerald did all the work exactly uh, he threw it 50 yards across the field. Yes. <laughs> it's a 10-yard. 10-yard gain. A 10-yard pickup and then 80 yards on the catch and, uh, and run. 
stole Morgan Burnett's soul with a stiff arm. <laughs> <laughs> this, sounds, this sounds like a next-gen stats in the making. Actually. It does. It does. But, uh, you know, again, I, I am still insanely high on David Johnson. I just thought this was a yeah. game where Arizona, their entire offense struggled a bit. Um, as a result, David Johnson did not necessarily get a lot of goal line looks either. This is going to be an interesting offense next year, guys. Larry Fitzgerald getting a year older. Carson Palmer a year older. Uh, I just don't know what to make uh, of the Arizona offense next year. I, I love Bruce Arians, and I love investing in good coaches. And uh, and I'm going to be – I know a lot of folks are going to be investing heavily in, into Arizona, but, man, it, it's going to be – it's going to be interesting to see what they look like next year. Do we think people are going to overvalue Arizona after this year? Hundred percent. I mean, to what degree, though? Well, like how high do how high do people push up like Michael Floyd and John Brown and Carson Palmer? Because big time. Palmer Palmer has big time. had a phenomenal season, but he got into like the best shape of his life. He's going to be thirty six. Right. He's got a busted finger. Like, right. Two ACLs. Yeah. Well, I'm never going to overdraft a quarterback, anyways. Well, I'm saying like if Carson Palmer goes down, like not to to be like the apocalyptic version, but this offense goes down with them for sure. Hundred percent. True. But you take that risk with a you, lot of. You them. take that risk, yeah. but I f- I'm just wondering if because of Palmer's that age and stuff like that. Well, that I mean, but you look. I mean, look at look at age in history. Look at the quarterbacks who have gone through the playoffs, who are still alive, even. I mean. You got a lot of older quarterbacks yeah, that yeah. are still hanging around. I mean, Tom right. Brady, Peyton Manning, even though he's he kind of had to be resuscitated, he's being like carried along, <laughs> <laughs> carried along right now. But you straight know, defibrillator on the sideline. Yeah. Come on I mean, with me, Peyton. Right. I mean, there are a lot of older quarterbacks yeah. that have been able to thrive in this league in recent years. So yeah, it's just again that the injury history for Carson Palmer just it, it, it it's there. Yeah. Um, and, I, and that's the one thing. I still think the I, I was just really throwing out the question for the sake of discussion. I think it's the players are good enough, and you'll be you want to chase their ceiling. Yeah, and I think Larry yeah. Fitz too. Um, you know, you, you look at what Larry Fitzgerald is able to do uh, at his age, which is great. But he's such a professional man. He's using that off season. He he's staying in shape. He still looks phenomenal. Um, and, and you know, again, you're not going to be investing in like a, a third or fourth round draft pick in, in Larry Fitz. Oh, you're you're always going to get the old man discount, right? I love the old man. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right, Seattle, Carolina. What a weird game. Wait, wait. Let's go back. Please. Was that or was that not the slowest 62-yard run in the history of the NFL? The Jonathan Ed- Stewart? No, Eddie Lacy's oh, fumble Eddie, in the oh, Green that Bay Oh, my goodness. <laughs> First of all, there was like for a full five seconds, I was like, oh, he's gone to the house. <laughs> and then you're like, no, he's And then not. you're like, wait and a then, second. And then I'm like, okay, he's he's going to the – okay, he's going to go to the house – He's going to get – okay, no, he didn't get there. You know, it's like it's sort of like when you play Tecmo Bowl and you thought you had that run in the clear and all of a sudden out of nowhere some other defensive player comes streaming across know, the field but and, like, that, tackles you. But that was the thing. It wasn't out of nowhere. Like, that was the sad thing. Like, 95% of the NFL players in this league, skill position players, if they get that kind of a, a head start, they're gone, man. Yeah, well, they're also not carrying 270 <laughs> pounds of weight. And your boy Mike McCarthy said – He called him out, he yeah. He called him out. He said he cannot play at that weight again. And so that's another thing for anybody that was like, oh, my God, you guys being so mean to Eddie Lacy. Like, no. No, no legitimately. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but that, I just thought that was hilarious. And then 
please tell me you guys also saw people unearthing all his tweets yes. about food. Yes. I know Harmon did. We were laughing oh about it. Oh, my gosh. Is that true? Yeah. People were digging, it? Up, they it were was digging up all his old tweets during from college. The game, like, people were retweeting all of his old, like, tweets about oh. food. Like, he's like, man, I can't oh. wait till this China food gets here. It didn't say Chinese. China food. Said ch- <laughs> 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 about, like, wishing, wishing he could have a sandwich. Yeah, all, like, literally. All I want right now is some McDonald's breakfast and stuff like that. It was yeah. It's like, I can't function with that. Yeah, yeah, I think oh I know who did a lot. All right, Harmon, dig some up. Let's get into the next game. I just thought that needed to be addressed. All right, we will find this. I'm, We've uh, got the I'm correct research right staff uh, on top of this. Seattle, Carolina, what a weird game. Uh, Carolina jumps out to a 31-point lead, 31 nothing, And you're thinking, okay, this baby's over. Seattle makes it close. Uh, Russell Wilson uh, resuscitates his fantasy line, uh, saves a lot of people in DFS. Um, what do we make of this game? You know, again, I, you know, we, I was talking about during our um, uh, do a little cross promotion, Tostito Scoops. Uh, we're we making our picks. Um, and again, Marshawn Lynch coming back is not a good thing for Seattle because, you know, he hadn't practiced for so long. And you know he was going to get his requisite 10 touches in the first half. And I, and I thought it was going to bog down the offense. Now, obviously, I didn't think it was going to bog down the offense that much. But uh, but it did. You know, it also um, bogged down the offense. Sure. Russell Wilson throwing it to the other team. That did not help. Luke Keekley played well. He almost went full DeLome. <laughs> never want to go, go, go full DeLome. <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? Remember in 2008 when uh, Jake DeLome had like DeLome six turnovers? completely yeah. melted down Absolutely. at home. In a playoff game. Yeah. Uh, that sidebar, um, I've still never gone back and watched that game. <laughs> I, I, ne- I could never do it to myself to go back and. That makes sense. It was it's, it's weird though, right? Uh, two two consecutive trends, two trends. consecutive years now. Russell Wilson, uh, first half in the divisional round. Well, it was champion. No, championship, championship, last championship round. Oh, last was it champion? Oh, yeah. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. By the way, uh, I did a find game. I have their last yes. never gone back. <laughs> I did. I did find some of these. Uh, Please hit tweets. me. I, I was just stalling, really. Till I want a sausage egg and cheese McGriddle. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, all I keep, who doesn't? All I keep thinking about is food. Hashtag Sonic, here I come. <laughs> oh, Sonic? Wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry. Hashtag Sonic, here I come. Well, it's hashtag Sonic and then here oh, I come. Oh, here I come. Yes. Okay. Um, that food, though, hashtag yes, Lord. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I got, I got one. Yes, I'll start Please. my day off with some fast food. Start the day. <laughs> hashtag PSA. Please do not. Drink any Pepsi soda. A worker from that company has put blood contaminated with AIDS, <laughs> AIDS inside the bottles. Please, RT. What? Uh, oh, Eddie. Been uh, eat- what? Been eating gummy bears for the past 30 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> right. Wait a second. Wait, wait, wait. Hold. That, that's not real. These are all real. These are no, all th- this real. is the fake Eddie Lacy. No, no, no. It is. This is the fake Eddie Lacy. No, it's not. Look. It's no. at Lil Easyana. Is it? Is it's it this at, one? That's it's a blue check. With the blue bro. check. No. Mark. With the blue no. check mark. It's not at Fat are, Eddie Lacy. Nope, they're, no. They are. Uh, are you sure? No. These are all from these like are tweets from like when he was in college. College. Yeah. These are all Alabama-based tweets. Okay. Anyway. Been eating gummy bears for thirty minutes. Thirty minutes. All right. I mean, look, look, look. Here's the thing. We live in California now, right? Yeah. So, like, I get it. Like, you know, in California, we're very health conscious. You know, if you're if you're from other parts of the U.S., okay, you know, you, you're not you make, as good as us. Well, no, you make fun of Californians for eating their vegan kale tofu kale and, salad yeah. pizzas, right? Okay, I get it, I get it. But no matter where you're from, eating gummy bears for thirty minutes 
You know that's not good for you, brother. <laughs> we were just watching YouTube videos on last week of, of guys that were doing that and then making themselves sick. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we could do a whole podcast devoted to those tweets, so we should, oh, yeah, we should probably, probably move, move on. on. All right, let's just go to Pitt. Very quickly, Pitt Denver Pittsburgh, uh, Denver. There wasn't a whole heck of a lot uh, to take away from the game because, you know, quite honestly, Pittsburgh was so banged up. Uh, Denver, I – I don't know. I don't know what to make of Denver either. But, you know, on the Pittsburgh side of things, Antonio Brown is going to make a real strong case to be the first pick overall. Uh, I think in PPR. PPR, I don't think there's a doubt. Is there? I don't think there's any doubt. Is there any doubt you're taking Antonio Brown number one overall? I don't. I don't. I would have a hard time arguing for anybody else. I, I yeah. don't. Yeah. PPR, I don't, I don't think there's a, there's a debate at all. No. Um, it, it was interesting to watch, though, how different, you know, talked about how the the Cardinals offense falls apart with no Carson Palmer um you take a couple pieces out of this this Pittsburgh offense Antonio Brown and just a running back a a good quality game-breaking running back whether it's Le'Veon Bell or D'Angelo Williams and this offense I can't believe you just said that D'Angelo Williams. I mean, hey, it's craziness. Facts. No, he's had a great year. Facts is facts. He's no, no, it's true. <laughs> no, it's true. He stiff-armed Father Time this year and said he's not <laughs> done yet. He did. I'm so bummed we didn't get to see him in the playoffs. <laughs> it's um, standard scoring. A. Brown, Lev Bell, who you take number one overall? Standard, I'd probably go Lev just because he's one of the few running backs who you know is going to get his 25 touches week, week in. That week injury out. history, though, man. Yeah. I mean, it's worrisome. It's I don't know. Sometimes I just prefer to be agnostic about the injury thing because any of these guys can get hurt. Right. You know, and I, I know that there's obviously a – a longer history there, with, right? With that's Bell. that's the thing. I, I know, but it's more the it's more the accumulation of injuries right. that I think worries you, and, and how that affects his return. He's, right. He still is young. He's in ridiculous shape. Uh, so that's that's what I would be at least. And he as added, we, he as added, we like, know by the number of shirtless selfies he. Likes. Yeah, he loves those shirtless. <laughs> hey man, selfies. I don't blame him. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I look like that. I never wear a shirt either. Um, <laughs> and I and I also think the emergence of D'Angelo Williams. Um, I think the Steelers, you know, being concerned about the Love Bell workload. They gotta work in D'Angelo Williams. They got to. No? One one counter to that point though, and this was something I noticed prior to the wild card weekend, was that like in games where Bell or Williams were healthy and didn't the, went the outside the two games where they both got injured, right? The Pittsburgh starting running back averaged ninety two point five percent of the snaps. So like when they have like, and that's just the way Tomlin's been, and they're pretty much that way with Toussaint now too in the playoffs, like. You're the guy. You're the guy. You're going to get all the touches. They yeah. never – like, even when Bell came back, they never tried to mix Williams in. Can I, but can I make – I'll make one counter-argument. Sure. It is the fact – you're right. Um, but I think now with the injury history – and also I go back to his time with Willie Parker and, um, and Jerome Bettis. When he had two high-quality backs – you did see them mixing and matching a heck of a lot more. We never had both of them because Bettis retired after he won the Super Bowl with Cower. Was it not Willie Parker and Jerome Bettis? He would have had Willie and somebody but else. But not with Tomlin. Yeah, because yeah. it was Cower had both of them. That he that's played. right. Because Bettis, Bettis went out on top in Detroit when he went. Ah, uh, that's right. Yeah, that's just been the way Tomlin has, has wanted to run the offenses. A featured guy. Especially when Todd Haley got there, too. That was really when they started doing it even more. And, I mean – they're also so pass heavy that really that like what what is even the point of I talk about all the time like getting running backs in the rhythm what even is the point of mixing in Williams for like 10 touches if it's just I don't know so all right let's get to our top headlines Let's do it all right the camera highlights in the world of sports breaking news breaking news breaking news breaking news whistles go Woo! I like turtles. we continue to follow breaking news watch the news 
Because I'm a kid. So y'all need to hide your kids, hide your wife. Oh, the coaching wheel circles on. Uh, Chip Kelly, the new head coach in San Francisco. And I think immediately what you start thinking about is what happens with Colin Kaepernick. Is he going to be retained? Is he going to be cut? Uh, if he is retained, how does he fit into the Chip Kelly offense? You would think going back to his days at Nevada when he ran from the pistol, uh, it's got to be he was a he was a great read option quarterback there. Uh, you'd think he'd be a good fit, at least on paper. I don't know. There's a lot to make uh, of the whole Chip Kelly hiring in uh, in San Francisco. Marcus, I know this is your team. <laughs> Give me your takeaway. Uh, from the hiring. Um, well, I think the first thing is, from a just a non-football perspective, is that Chip is alone is not the savior there. There are a lot of organizational issues. How does he mesh with, with Jed York and Trent Baalke and what have you? Um, as for Colin Kaepernick, I think the thing that lets you know that Kaepernick is coming back has nothing to do with Chip Kelly and his style of offense. Okay. It is that the 49ers took all the Kaepernick jerseys out of clearance. They took them <laughs> off of clearance and made them full price. I mean, I know it sounds kind of like a joke, but if you're still kind of up in the air about whether or not you're bringing this guy back, you don't all of a sudden start charging people full price yeah, for how, his jersey how are those, and his How are those RG3 jerseys doing in, in Washington? Right. You know, I mean, I, I, it, you know, it sounds kind of funny, and it was kind of a, a joke the a bit league. last week. But, I, I mean, I think there's something to that, that, you know, this says – we're going to keep this guy around that maybe we hope with this new coach and this new offense that it can work. So I, it's a little thing, but I think it, I think it means it's got to be a competition though, between him and Gabbert, I would imagine. I absolutely. And they, I assume that they probably bring somebody else. Yeah. Or Chip will try and get yeah, in the draft. That was the saddest sentence I've heard this year. <laughs> but, but if I could make the case, all right. like I think that Kaepernick is not at all like the quarterback that Chip Kelly has looked for in the NFL. You know, they run so many plays that are, you know, skinny posts or slant routes and they need like a quarterback needs to have a lot of timing and anticipation to his game in order for those to be effective and for the receiver to gain yards after the catch Kaepernick has no anticipation no touch no touch no touch is something and I, I think the bigger issue is regardless of the offensive fit can they fix him mechanically because he had so many mechanical issues he has accuracy issues I mean he was just he was short hopping throws he was skipping balls into the ground and so it doesn't matter what kind of fit you are in this offense if you can't deliver the football. Uh, you know, the next step is for them to figure out who their skill position guys are on the outside. Right. I mean, you know, maybe maybe Bruce Ellington and Quentin Patton are the answer. Maybe they go oh, get yeah, somebody yeah, in the yeah. draft. Because, I mean, at this point, you know, Anquan Bolden, for as, as great as he's been and as much as he's given them, um, I mean, he's just not going to be that guy at, at, at his age. And, and Torrey Smith is not a number one wide receiver. So they've got to find somebody who can catch the football. On an optimistic note, I think this is very nice for Carlos Hyde, though, getting Chip Kelly there yes. in that scheme, and he should be the guy because that, you know, whatever the, you want to call those other backs, they trotted out once Carlos Hyde was injured. We're not going to steal touches from him. Here's the thing. Um, Are you knocking Dewan Harrison? <laughs> Traverse Cadet? Remember the Sean Traverse Drone a couple weeks ago? <laughs> oh, that was, what a, what a, that was what a time to be alive. <laughs> it was beautiful. I remember when everyone was rushing to the waiver wire to go pick up Pierre Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> and then he got cut. <laughs> and then he got cut. <laughs> oh, boy. God. Um, no, the thing with um, – um, I keep wanting to call him Frank Gore. No, the thing with Carlos Hyde is that here's – I guess if I could play devil's advocate. Uh, and, and I love uh, – I'll just say this. I'm, I'm only playing devil's advocate because I, I love Carlos Hyde in the system. But we saw what a power back like DeMarco Murray 
uh, is in a Chip Kelly offense. Is Carlos Hyde going to be more Shady McCoy, or is he going to be more DeMarco Murray? And I think that's a big question. Mark. I think he's going to be more Shady McCoy because he's not as slow as DeMarco Murray. I, say, I think he's kind of the best of both worlds, to not, not yeah. to sound like he's a like, cop-out. No, he's like a hybrid. Yeah, he's kind of somewhere in between the two of them. I mean, he has he has the power of DeMarco Murray, but he has you know more of the shiftiness of, of LaShawn McCoy. I think he can be both. That was what made him so impressive in that week one game. I was just like a thousand years ago. That was a lifetime ago. Are you kidding? Like, what made him so impressive wasn't that he was barreling guys over. It was that he was, like, setting defenders up in the open field. He was making guys miss. I think one of his touchdowns was on, like, a stretch run. Oh, yeah. The kind of plays that Kelly uses all the time. Yeah, he busted the other way. Yeah, no, I remember that. I mean, like I said, a thousand years ago, but I remember it. But. Yeah, I don't know. The, of course, the whole thing, like, I, I still believe in Chip Kelly. I believe in him as a coach. Me too. But we're all, like, we're projecting a little bit that he, like, learns from what went wrong in Philadelphia. But I don't you think his, his system didn't fail him there. It, no. It was Chip Kelly as a GM that failed him. Agree. And, and we talk a lot about the running game and how much, like, that screwed things up. And Marcus made the point about the receivers. I think the worst thing that Chip Kelly did as a GM was treating outside vertical wide receivers like interchangeable pieces. Right. Like, it's like, oh well, Deshaun Jackson's gone. We'll just put Macklin in there, hey, you know. And Macklin, that Riley Cooper, you know, that worked same out. Thing, right? And then when Macklin bounced, and apparently they he, they were really close to resigning him, but then Casey swooped in last minute and took him away. So maybe they weren't really planning on that. But then what? Then they tried to trot out, yeah, like Riley Cooper and Josh Huff and Nelson Aguilar wasn't ready, and you know. So I think that was the biggest failing of the offense. Was the, by the end of 2015, they had no vertical element, nothing. But this this will be an exciting offense to watch when and see what pieces they get in free agency and the draft with Chip Kelly being there. So. Am I allowed to talk about underclassmen yet, or can yeah, I they've on? all declared. Okay, they've all declared. Yeah, I mean, I think they'll be in the top ten. They might have to look at like a Laquan Treadwell there. That would, that would be exciting. It doesn't seem like the thing Chip Kelly would want it, but he doesn't have personnel say. So yeah, it's it's bulky there, and I, I think Bulky's done a really good dr- uh, job in the draft. Um, I now. Off-season uh, free agency signings, maybe not so much, but uh, but in the draft, Bulky's done a heck of a job, man. He's done a bang-up job. You think about how many losses he saw on that defensive side of the ball, and they were still hanging around in a very tough division. Um, it speaks to the depth that uh, that Balky was able to find through the draft. And a lot of these guys, he was uh, drafting through the year, so it's been it's it'll be interesting to see. I think Balky and Chip Kelly, I really do think it's going to be a good match. Um, as long as Chip Kelly isn't insano. I like mean, I would just say it, it should be a good match. Otherwise, they wouldn't have hired him. Like, unless everybody's hiding well, hiding cards of his sleeves. Like, as I, mean, I, no, I mean, in the interviews, like, they have to have a feel for that. Like, Yeah, but I mean. As I said on Twitter, <laughs> Chad York and Trent Baalke <laughs> fired one idiosyncratic megalomaniac and replaced him with Chip Kelly. Right. So, so right. I don't know. They had to uh, have at we'll least see. a good vibe. All right, Mike Malarkey is the head coach in Tennessee. Speaking of, it can't always be a good hire. Why? Tennessee, why the retread? Tennessee, Tennessee just retread. hates winning. That's I don't, I don't they, don't like, they don't like winning. Well, did you see the tweet yesterday? I can't remember who said it, but the they pointed out that um, whoever the – I think it's Amy Adams now? or Amy, Amy Adams, Adams Strunk. Yeah, right. yeah. That she knew before they even started interviews that, that she was going to hire Mike Malarkey. I'm like – that's not how this works. No, <laughs> that's not, not how any, any of this works. works. You don't go. You don't go into a process like that's horrendous. Like management process to go into something like I'm going to hire this guy. Let's waste everybody's time though first. I don't get it. Uh, I just um, not for a guy like Mike Malarkey. Oh no, no! And like honestly, this makes me so 
angry, and I don't, I don't care about Tennessee at all. But it makes me angry because I hate, and you know, I'm very passionate about the whole like stop just being loyal to these teams just because you're loyal to these teams. Like, if your girlfriend is bad to you, you dump her. If you are a female and your boyfriend is bad to you, you dump them. If your team is bad to you and hires Mike Malarkey when you have the number one pick, a young quarterback, a ton of talent, you know, something to build around, and then they hire Mike Malarkey. And and that team quit on him. I mean, I I, I keep hearing that – you know, Mariota's the fallback for this reasoning that they didn't want to, you know, switch things up with a new yeah offensive young genius Mike Malarkey. For, all look, the great not, work he's done. I'm not defending it. Also, I'm just throwing out the reasoning also, that's being used. Mariota didn't even play in like half the games Malarkey coached. He didn't right. play the last few games. Yeah. Uh, and man, I was I was talking about this on Twitter just real quick with uh, I think it was Russell Clay maybe Ryan Riddle. So we were talking about how bizarre this hiring was, and they slipped it out. I was like, I wish they would have just been patient and waited to try and get somebody like Josh McDaniels. Like, could you imagine, like, McDaniels coming back as a head How coach? How about Bevel? Everything he's learned. Bevel. Like, get one of those guys that was still in the playoffs that can work with your young quarterback, right. that can do some fun stuff. But Bevel well, would have been a great, and I think, a great fit. Yeah. When I tweeted out, like, what was the reasoning for this, everybody responded with, like, they wanted to save money because they're changing owners or they didn't want to change things up too much. I'm like, see, this, like, dump your team if they do stuff like this <laughs> because this it's infuriating like you put all this time in it and you really I'm gonna, I need to stop but I like, was gonna say I didn't expect you to get this hot over uh, Tennessee because but. it makes me so mad like the, you you put all this like emotion right and, and you react so much to all these teams do and look at what they're doing they're doing something like clearly like winning is not the priority all this other crap is and that makes me mad uh, be mad he, for those poor Titans fans. Right. <laughs> Matt Harmon is literally quivering in anger. <sighs> all right. And I've never seen him pound the table. He is pounding, pounding the table. The table. I'm sorry. Against the Mike Malarkey hiring in Tennessee. I can't wait until like they actually start out like six and one and we have Harmon on the podcast yes. next year and he has to do a mea culpa to Mike Malarkey and Oh, he won't. <laughs> There's no way he won't. I'll send, I'll send, no send him, way I will send won't. him a fruit basket if they start out <laughs> six and oh. <laughs> Although, or you know, but you know how even teams know that maybe this is kind of a questionable decision. All right. Notice they they, they slid out that uh, that announcement on Twitter during the middle of a playoff game. Uh, well, oh, everybody okay. was distracted by the game. Like, hey, uh, by the way, you know, it was it was sort of like it was like the Titans were like, hey, how about this game? We heard Mike Malarkey. Man, these playoffs <laughs> are great. Like, <laughs> yeah, nobody was going to notice. That was, <laughs> was weird. Go under the radar. All right, uh, we got to speed through these so we can get to the rest of the how pod about, here. Uh, Doug Peterson in uh, Philadelphia. What does that mean? I kind of like it. Yeah, I kind of like it too. It feels like they're going back to Andy Reid almost. Like, they are a little like bit. They they were like, "Ah, oh, we should have kept Andy, so let's bring in Andy Reid light." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I think Doug Peterson's a good offensive mind. Uh, it's Andy Reid even said back when he used to coach Doug Peterson when he was back up for the Packers that he always thought Peterson was going to be a coach. He did good things as the OC in Kansas City, in spite of Andy Reid and his clock management woes. I hope those don't follow Peterson to Philadelphia. But oh my God, he's got some he's got some young talent over there, and uh, I'm I'm interested. What does it I'm, mean for Jordan Matthews? It's interesting. I, it'll be interesting to watch how much he – because he played almost exclusively in the slot his first two years in the NFL. If he moves outside at all, I want to go back and watch him this offseason to just to see exactly what happened. But Well, it's going to be interesting. If you watch the first six games or the last six games, what are you going to see? Well, I'd like to do a little bit of both. Right, there you go. <laughs> but I think the one thing that I do like about this hire and that offense in general is I feel like it's pretty easy to construct and – like like I was saying with that Philly offense is just essentially broken. If you look at their personnel right now, it's just a like it's a disaster. Um, at least like 
the way they should be fitting together and they're not. I think that Peterson could come in there and kind of like Andy Reid did in Kansas City, you know, build something like that just slowly makes it, you know, probably pretty boring, but at least effective. All right, there you go. Um, Speaking of boring. Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) Brad Childress is the uh, OC in Casey. So let's just suck what little remaining fantasy value there is out of that franchise. All right, Jim Bob Cooter, the <laughs> Lions' permanent <laughs> offensive coordinator now for D Town. That's uh, it's interesting at least. That's exciting. That's good. That's why I put. Yeah, that's they'll why throw I put, it around. That's why I put in all caps. Yay! Stafford after turned that. things around when he took over there. It's it interesting. Really I, you know, I know you guys find it to be more interesting than I do. I just. I don't know. Come on. How can you not be excited with the prospect of saying the name Jim Bob Cooter for at least another year? (laughs) That might be the most exciting part about it. But, I mean, look, the the quarterback, Matt Stafford, he's a plus quarterback. Is he an excellent quarterback? No. Uh, Their running game right now, they're trying to figure it out. I, I mean, I will say that for Stafford, a lot of his value could be tied to the future of Calvin Johnson. And whether would, or not Kelvin Johnson decides to come back, I'd be shocked if he's in a D- Detroit Lions uniform. I mean, you know, if he, next if he, year. If I'd he be comes shocked. back to the Lions if he retires altogether. But whatever, if, if if because we all know how much Matt Stafford gets tunnel vision for Calvin Johnson. If he's not there to bail out some of those questionable throws, but that was the funny thing about most of this season, the first ten games, really, Matt Stafford didn't have tunnel vision for Calvin. Jo- I think that was the probably the mo- most frustrating thing. He's trying to throw out to 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 randos. I mean, even Golden Tate wasn't getting off. Nobody was getting off. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I know you guys are expecting, you know, and look, uh, J.B. Cooter. I'm going to just call him J.B. Cooter. I, I can't call him Jim Bob Cooter. I just can't do it. <laughs> uh, J.B. Cooter. It's man's it, name. I know it is. Uh, he's going to be throwing it around quite a bit. Um, and, and we saw a, a, a higher emphasis on, on throwing the ball uh, once he became the O.C., but I just don't think they have, I, I just I think think they have the I, I think it's a very good situation. Golden Tate's a very underrated wide receiver. I agree. And the second half, Cooter found ways to involve him more, especially in the red zone. Joyk Bell, hopefully he gets out of the picture because I think a one-two punch of Abdullah and Theo Riddick could be very exciting fantasy-wise with Abdullah being more of the workhorse with a little bit of passing game sprinkled in and Theo Riddick being the other option. Megatron is a big question mark, though, right. so we'll have to Huge. wait and see. Uh, they got Eric Ebron there as well, very large athletic target. We'll see if he develops in the offseason. Um, I did want to mention uh, Ben McAdoo as well. Uh, oh, did yes. we get to Ben McAdoo last week? We I did don't not. Okay, so Ben McAdoo, the new, the new uh, head, head coach, coach. Uh, for the New York Giants. Um, I, uh, OC the last two the years. The OC the last couple years, and, and I thought he's done a tremendous job in turning around Eli Manning. I really have. And I know um, Eli Manning, from a fantasy perspective, has been touch and go. But, you know, we've seen his interceptions go down. We've seen his completion percentage go up. Um, and, and when you think about Eli Manning, with the, it's still developing Odell Beckham Jr. Um, I really like the hire. And I really think that uh, this, this means good things for both Eli and for Odell In Beckham. In the two years under McAdoo, Eli's thrown for 4,400-plus yards both years, 30-plus touchdowns both Love years, it. and just 14 interceptions each year. That's great. I mean, for Eli? For Eli Manning? That is really good. Um, and, and, again, I, I that first year he was really trying to get used to that uh, West Coast. It's a short passing attack that Ben McAdoo preaches there uh, in New York. And and I think Eli, uh, even going back to his old miss days, he, he just wasn't used to it. So it was a, a bit of a transition period. I think last year he, he adopted it pretty well. I'm really looking forward to seeing what it looks like in year three. I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, I mean – yeah, it's fine. Eli, from a fantasy as a fantasy quarterback, is who he is. He's always going to be somewhere around the bottom part of the top ten. Um, 
and it's because he's a guy who will he'll go out and he might get you a 30 point game and then the next week he may put up eight you know i mean that's just yeah i don't i don't see that changing necessarily see that's where i differ for you like i think next year i think you're gonna get a more consistent eli with a couple of those 30 point barrages and I think he can get to 4,500 yards, and I think he can get to 35 touchdowns uh, and, and 10 interceptions. And that would really push push his value up. The key for them will be making improvements to the protection. That's a big deal. Uh, it was bad this year. It's been bad for a while now. And they need to figure out something on the ground as well. Yeah. That clearly was a hamper. I mean, that just disgusting four-way backfield split. Like oh as, soon as, as soon as they started using Rashad Jennings, who's just a solid back, but yeah. a pretty good player. Yeah, it sure. Turned, turned it was, the better. offense was a lot better at the end of the year. But I'm really happy the, that he got hired simply because it keeps, like you said, continuity, and most importantly, it keeps Odell Beckham as the target hog of that offense. Oh, yeah. Like, in the first half of the year, it was oh, just yeah. kind of like, oh, he's getting like eight to nine. But then it was, you know, they adapted hashtag just throw it to your good players. And <laughs> Army were favorite theory. just throwing it to Odell Beckham. So. I love it. Uh, very quickly, championship game, playoff challenge picks. Give me some DFS, um, uh, interesting DFS uh, uh, thoughts here, Matt Harmon. I'm probably not playing, to be honest with you. I mean, it's just... Uh, it's like, it's going to be a little bit of a crapshoot. Yeah, oh, completely. I mean, it already is in the playoffs, like f- eight teams four game slate is already hard enough right now you get that down to four and two it's pretty difficult i mean i would probably highest scoring game of the weekend yeah if you're again that's because both of them are going to look like at least on paper uh, a pretty low scoring affair see i think the arizona carolina one will be higher scoring the higher scoring same here for sure because carolina's offense is great at home i mean we could we saw like when they get hot they're like They'll put like they'll put the foot on the jugular like they did against Seattle. Hopefully, if they can just keep it there, that would right. That'd be a much less stressful watch. Um, also, you look at right now the Panthers' biggest weakness is at the slot corner position, and Cortland Finnegan is just getting worked out oh there. My he God. can't cover. He can't no. tackle. Um, and he's trying. He's trying. No, I'm <laughs> a, for, a, a for effort, Cortland. I appreciate the effort. Right. You're getting out there, and you know, hopefully, you get yourself a ring, buddy. I mean, good luck. Um, but the the trouble is that Arizona's biggest strength is you know the passing game. Larry Fitzgerald plays primarily in the slot, right. so and even on the other side, of, like uh, opposite of Josh Norman, outside they're having to play. Um, I think it's Robert McLean. Yeah, yeah, they drafted and then he went to Air, uh, Atlanta for a while, so <laughs> he's just kind of a journeyman too. So you could see John Brown, Michael Floyd get over on that other side. So I really do think that this will be a trading points affair. So if you're playing DFS, try to pick a lot from that game. Um, Larry Fitzgerald, are you fading away? No, Josh Norman. No, because Norman's not going to cover him. Because Norman doesn't travel into the slot like ever, and uh, that is where Fitzgerald will be. And they've pretty much left Cortland Finnegan there in the, uh, to the, the slot corner. I'm sure when Bruce Arians was watching that game too, as we saw that tweet that uh, right. he, he he saw the work that they were doing out of the slot against uh, against Finnegan. So, I but that being said, I mean, it, it, can't Ron Rivera also watch the tape and just say, "Hey, listen, we're we're going to actually move Josh Norman down here and and try to cover him one on one, a lot like what we saw with Josh Norman trying to cover Julio Jones all yeah, over the field." But he didn't track. He didn't Julio track him that much. Slot. He just he just pretty much. And I think that it's definitely easier said than done to just stick Norman in the slot. I mean, it's a totally different ball game being a sl- and that's what make makes guys like Darrell Revis so legendarily good is cuz yeah. they can do that. Like when you have to defend one side of the field, you can use the boundary as your yeah. friend as the cornerback. It's a lot different than having both sides open. I also think slot. there's an issue of okay, so you're sh- you know, you're you're shadowing Larry Fitzgerald. I mean, there's still other receivers yeah, in that right. offense. Mike, Mike, yeah, I would burn you. Right. <laughs> you know, I mean, so at some point 
you got to pick your poison here, and, and who do you think can hurt you the worst? And that's where Josh Norman's going to. Uh, do you like anybody in uh, the New England Denver game at Denver? Uh, Could be cold conditions. Uh, Denver's got a great defense. I don't mind Edelman because yeah. he's, yeah. he's going to be their running game again. Denver's got such a good run defense, and Edelman could. This could be a, like a 12 catch, 16 target game for Edelman. Chris Harris is hurt too. Chris Harris has got a shoulder right, injury, yeah. so there you go. Edelman could do work out of the slot. All right, so there you go. Let's uh, let's give an AFC South postmortem here. We'll start with the Houston Texans. Uh, Nuke, amazing. I'm assuming he's going to be a first round draft pick next year. Anybody would anyone disagree with that? I, I, if I, would, I do want to bring up one thing, and I don't know how I totally feel about this, but Houston ran the most plays in the NFL last year, which you wouldn't expect from an offense. That's kind of amazing. Yeah, which you wouldn't well, expect. Well, they're playing from behind so often. Ex- I mean, that's, right. that's what it was. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I think it was kind of like – I think Nuke is a fantastic talent. I mean, he had over 100 yards with four different quarterbacks, only a receiver in NFL history to do that. That's the craziest stat. Um, yeah, he's. I mean, he's great. I am not questioning him as a player. I do wonder if some of the volume will take a tick back if they um, if they do run less plays next year, and also if they improve the quarterback position. Sometimes we think that that is and that is normally a net positive. Sure. But at the same time, a guy like Brian Hoyer, who at least somewhat I think sometimes too much knows his limitations, and will just come in and lock onto one guy. Right. A more competent quarterback might be able to you know have more spread it around there. <laughs> Um, I, I, I love Nuke in round two. Okay. I don't know if I'm going to jump to round one to get him. I, I mean, we're talking we're splitting way players. back in. Yeah. Way back in. I mean, you're not you're not waiting until the, the 15th pick to take Nuke. I think Nuke is going to go in the first 12, 13 picks, no? I'd have to look at how everything shakes out again. I can yeah. see that. Injuries I, I can see, I can see top, top 13, maybe top 15. And, yeah, and, again, so. and again, it's because the running back position this year was so bad. Yeah, that I think there's going to be an overcorrection next year. I think a lot of folks are going to say, you know what, let me just take a wide receiver. Uh, at least I know I'm not going to, you know, get burned here uh, by someone like an Odell Beckham, Antonio Brown, or or a New Copkins. Yeah. So they're there. Um, Arian Foster is it pretty much a, a given? He's gone. Well, it sounds like he's going to be released. Um, is that the that the word out of? That's that's kind of been the there was scuttlebutt last week. Yeah, I just like to say scuttlebutt. Um, <laughs> more effective word. Uh, but that's that's been the talk that he's going to be released. Uh, There's no question the draft is going to be huge for the Texans. Yeah, uh, they've got so many needs, and um, and quite frankly, you know, they're in a pretty sweet spot. They're going to be, you know, picking in the twenties. There's going to be some really good skill position players there. There's going to be, a, you know, there's going to be a good running back. There's probably going to be. Um, I, gosh, I don't know where quarterback quarterback's always so hard to project where where these guys are going to go. But what the hell are they going to do at quarterback? Because they're in that weird no man's land now where they're too good to ever get it. Like at the, the way the team. No, that's not right. true. But no, they're too good to ever get a shot at like a yeah, no, like a top ten top, pick. Yeah, top five quarterback. Yeah, but you know, there's so many good quarterbacks that you could get late. Not really? to mention, I mean, isn't Bill O'Brien supposed to be like a quarterback whisperer or something like that? I it's mean, always funny. No. You're a quarterback whisperer when you work with Tom Brady. <laughs> I mean, hey, uh, you're always man. you're always great at qu- at, at being fans. a quarterback. He got a hell of a season out of Brian Hoyer. Yeah, um, and pr- got some production out of I mean, the, Yates, Brandon Whedon. But yeah. the point being, I mean, at some point, yes, they are kind of in that nether world, and this is not a great year for quarterbacks anyway in the draft. But I mean, at some point, they've got to figure out how to get a quarterback and develop that guy into being something that you know can help you win. I think Goff goes in the first ten picks. Who's the, who's the other kid from the small school? Carson uh, Memphis. Wentz. 
Well, Memphis is Paxton Lynch. Paxton, Paxton Lynch. Paxton, he, Paxton Lynch. Carson Wentz is the one that's getting a lot of buzz. Yeah, right yeah, yeah. Now. Like yeah. I was seeing yesterday that he could go like four to Dallas, and he, what? Yeah, from North Ooh. Dakota State University, I think it is. Oh, yeah, Bison, yeah. go Bison. Apparently, he is a really, really talented like runner and passer. Okay, that's normally what they do. Right. Um, but yeah, <laughs> keep an eye out. Of, of course, you got to talk about the Texans. You got to keep an eye out for Bill O'Brien's boy, Christian Hackenberg. That's you know, true. who talk about him being a quarterback whisperer had a great. You know, was talked about as like, oh, this guy is definitely the next I Andrew Luck. Yeah, Bill although I'm going back to this Penn past State, season wasn't great. Oh no, no, no. That's the thing. He clearly regressed. <laughs> yeah, he clearly. wasn't um, great this year. Clearly. Yeah, and like uh, even Allen Robinson. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. He was talking about this on Twitter <laughs> yesterday. He was saying like. How he, uh, how like all the, like he was pointing this out to Tony Pauline that like all the players in that offense regress. I don't think they like James Franklin very much. Mm-hmm. So keep an eye out on him trying to get his boy back. Well, it's just but, yeah. a totally different offense that, that Franklin was running there yes. at Penn State. Um, <laughs> It'll be interesting to see who they pick up because they have some needs and uh, the offense with some of the pieces around it, they have a good offensive line. If they get more stability under center, they've they got just need Duke. skill position guys. They just, I mean, yeah. everywhere they need a they need a slot receiver. They need a running back. They need, I mean, they need a tight end. A tight end would be great. Uh, a great. I, I mean, you know what I mean. The, they, they have so many needs I at skill I position. I wouldn't sleep players. on Ryan Griffin. He was starting to do some better things, but he kept, he was on I, the IR boomerang, and then he came back, and then he got nicked up again. Um, but it's kind of always been his thing. It has always been his thing. So, <laughs> all right, um, let's talk about the Jaguars here. Uh, wait, is Alan Robinson following you on Twitter? Yes. That is was, he really? That was the big news. Yeah, oh, was the big cool, news. man. Yeah, it was cool. We we got to talk for a little bit, so that was. Cool. <laughs> I love that he's trying to downplay. I know. Like, yeah. His heart is a flutter. I right don't now. like to be one of those. Like I'm not a jersey chaser. You know, like I'm I'm just. This is not jersey chasing. Like own this moment. Like the guy that you've been hyping up, and that you are just a flat out fan of. Like it's okay to be starstruck in this moment. No, exactly. it was cool. it was very cool, and you know he he like thanked me for the support and I was like no dude Jesus <laughs> thank you <laughs> no like uh, yeah no so it was it was cool though to yeah. be able to you know like it was a fun it was a fun like culmination of uh what's been a, a hell of a journey and you know and I, like I said to him yesterday it's just the beginning man all right so man, he slid into the dms by the way thanks oh talking a little yeah. bit wow that is cool this he's, is interesting yeah he's nice so nice, Harmon's nice got a, Harmon's got a new pal yeah. maybe we'll get him on the pod one of my these pal days. Allen Robinson. God. Love all right, it. So we're talking Jay. Uh Well, yeah. So, Allen Robinson, first of all, uh, the takeaways from uh, from the offense. Uh, can I ask you this? Are they going to slide back in terms of offensive numbers? I, I felt like they kind of took a lot of teams by surprise. Uh, I don't know if they're going to catch anyone by surprise next year. No, they won't. And I do expect somewhat of a step back, mostly just in volume. Um, like, if they make if they make defensive improvements, that will definitely you know they won't. Some have to Derek be- Marks has got to stay healthy. Yes, that he does true. have to stay He's healthy. Huge. Well, and they're getting Dante Fowler back too. So yeah, that'll help. That is I true. I forgot, forgot about that. that. I forgot all about that. Literally, oh like my the gosh, first I forgot two about that. Of OTA, that guy yeah. goes down. He was supposed to be their big difference maker. Right. Um. And also, I do wonder if they start to run the ball more and make. Um, Yeldon. TJ Yeldon, more of a feature piece. I wouldn't be surprised if we see like a, you know, maybe not to this example, like a Le'Veon Bell sort of jump for him where he becomes their do-it-all stud after like a pretty solid rookie year. Oh, yeah. um, like Bortles threw a ridiculous amount of passes in the right. red zone. And I do think that we could see. Their he also had a ridiculous amount of red zone picks. Oh yeah, no, that well, that's you could take that's... the word red zone out. <laughs> <laughs> he had a lot of picks. He yes. did lead the NFL in, in that regard. <laughs> hey, so, look, you know what though? It took him to week seventeen to finally pass. Yeah, Peyton, Peyton, Peyton Manning. Manning. Oh, no, it's crazy. And also, eight eighteen is bad, but it's not like it's not it's horrific. Not Eli it's not. Manning, yeah, twenty-seven picks. Right, exactly. You know, year. You, I, you can live with that. 
I, no, yeah, I think he's a, he's an embrace variance type of player. Like you know, you're going to get the oh my god, why'd you do that? But you're also going to get the the high highs. And if he takes, you know, of course, I think we always judge these quarterbacks too early. And if he takes another step, then the whole offense could rise up with him. Right. If he if he stops doing the you know gunning for Marcus's Mark Bulger award and actually like convert some of his early attempts instead of t- getting turnovers, this offense still could stay pretty prolific. I mean, they had. Excellent seasons out of Robinson and Hearns. Those guys are young. They're only going to get better. Uh, maybe if Julius Thomas drops a couple LBs, he and, yeah. Eddie, he and Eddie Lacy uh, yeah, you yeah. Know, start hitting the track but together. Late in the season, Julius Thomas, I, I think it took him between the injury and then just getting used to the offense. Late I in the agree. season, I felt like he started to put some, some nice performances on the board. So I think I think he'll be better next that's year. The, that's the thing about if we're, if we're expecting a little regression. This offense is still loaded with talent, though. Yeah, it really is. And they've even got, like, Rashad Green. He was injured for much of the year. He could develop. They've got, uh, you know, Brian Walters did some things on occasion when they needed him. The the unicorn, uh, Mark yeah, <laughs> Harmon's yeah, already the, shaking the, his head. The albino tiger. The albino there. tiger. Marquise Lee, maybe. <laughs> he maybe. can definitely be a contributor. Um, so I just mean like they've they've got a lot of weapons. Where do you take Allen Robinson? Second round. Third, maybe if he falls. I don't think yeah. he la- I don't think he lasts to the third round in a lot of drafts. I mean, I think people look at. And, and here's my fear with both he and and Allen Hearns especially. If you're playing in a, if you're playing in like an experts league, there's no way. If you're playing in a very veteran fantasy league, there's no way he falls to a third. But I tell you this, I think in most standard leagues, I bet he does fall to a third. Um, I just wonder, like for both he and Hearns, if if there is a a touchdown regression coming a little bit, like 100%. if if they start to spread the ball around, you think Hearns a is going to get double digit touchdowns, right? No and what, and what way. Hearns had that stretch of what seven straight games with a touchdown or something like that, like that. That's no going to be hard. And yard, yardage wise, I think he could have more catches. I think he could have more yards. I think, though, you'll see him step back in touchdowns and people are going to be wondering, why, well, what? Why, I co- why I'm confident taking Robinson in the second is it's, he's one of those guys where, you know, for years when you had Demarius Thomas in the prolific Denver offense, like Jordy Nelson, Des Bryant, is even if he slips, like he's almost a lock for like 1,010, yeah. which if – and I'm banking on that in the second round, great. Then I, I plug him in every week and I'm good to go. Yeah, I think True. that's a good point. I mean, if, if he's going to regress – He's going to regress to like, oh, he's the wide receiver 10 now yeah, instead, instead of the wide of four receiver or whatever. Four. Yeah, right. exactly. Yeah. So, no, I mean, I have all the faith in the world, obviously. He's not even 23 yet. That's yeah, he's crazy. Yeah. crazy. Um, Alan Hearns, I'll, I'll just say this now. I'm staying away from Alan Hearns. I think he's going to be overdrafted. Uh, he's got a huge injury history. Uh, the fact that he stayed healthy for as much as many games as he did is a small miracle in and of itself. Um, uh, we're, we're talking going back to high school. This guy has had season-ending uh, surgeries to all all parts of his body. Shoulders, arms, me, feet, legs. Let me ask you this then. What round would you be comfortable taking Hearns in? Six? I'd take him in the sixth. I would take him, oh, that's just about where seven. I would. Seven? Yeah, seven is about right. Like so Seven we is about right. Reviewing Hearns, he put up wide receiver two numbers, but valuing him next year, do you feel more comfortable drafting him as a wide receiver three because yes. of the injury history 100%. and the potential? And the regression, regression. for the touchdowns. Yeah. I mean, the touchdowns, he's, gosh, he's not going to get double digit. I just can't see it. I mean, if he stays healthy, sure. All right, so then last question, where do we draft TJ Yeldon? See, I think Yeldon is the guy to target in this offense considering his opportunity, his value, like his likely draft value. Um, I think he will end up falling. I mean, he only – how many touchdowns did he score? He only scored – Yeah, two rushing touchdowns. Yeah, he had three, three touchdowns five, altogether. Yeah. He so, had three touchdowns altogether? Yes. Yeah, wow. and he was the RB27 despite it being like a bloodbath of a year. I think right. people are going to look at that and I, I think they he will fall a little bit. Where do you still, think he goes? Fifth round? Fourth round? 
I think well he went he was going in like the fifth to sixth in like sharp drafts last year. Okay, um, so third round. So third, I would yeah. I mean, like I said, Le'Veon Bell sort of thing. Like he went in the third round and then he ended up becoming a, you know a complete yeah. freak show. Again, I'm not projecting that much of a jump, but. I guess I have to watch more TJ Yeldon tape. I wasn't. I, I wasn't. You're not big. I wasn't big on him. You know, when he got to Jacksonville, and he was slightly better than I thought he would be, but he was about what about I expected, what expected him to be. I and agree. I, just, I don't know. I, I, I I'll go back and watch some more tape on him, but there's just nothing about TJ Yeldon that impressed me. I really do love his talent. I think he runs. Really he well. he impressed me more this year than what from what I saw at Alabama, and I think that if you're gonna try and reach on a guy like him, this is the year to do it. Because the the reward is huge. Like he still averaged 4.1 yards per carry, even though he didn't. He was running behind a terrible offensive line and didn't get fed enough to really get in a rhythm. I think a lot of the indicators are there for a breakout next year. Okay, Great. all right, there you go. Uh, how about the Colts, man? I mean, you got to start with uh, with Andrew Luck. I I don't know what Andrew Luck I saw in the beginning part of the year. I just have I have no idea. That did not look even remotely like the guy. Well, I will say that, that we uh, got used to seeing. In our in our in my preseason rankings, he is the leading contender for next year's Mark Bolger award. Um, <laughs> because I mean, even when he was at his best, Andrew Luck threw a lot of interceptions. Okay. Even those couple of years when he was, you know, when he was looking like, you know, the the heir to the throne of best quarterback in the league, he threw a lot of interceptions. Well, and, yeah, if he had 20 turnovers? Yeah. Uh, in in year 2? Uh, something like that. Like that. Yeah, and he, I, I last year he er, so in twenty fourteen he had sixteen picks and six lost fumbles, so twenty two. Totally. You know, so I don't necessarily see that changing just because he's an aggressive quarterback. He's going to go for it. He's going to take chances down the field, and that's going to lead to interceptions. Um, you know, but if he's healthy, if he's right, and that confidence comes back, he's another guy who can go out and give you thirty five to forty touchdown passes. I'm freaking out a little bit only because. I keep thinking of RG3. I'm just freaking out. I mean, I don't think it's going to be that bad, but I do think that we just kind of have to wrap our, like, even as the football cognoscenti in general, not just the fantasy community that, I'm like, sorry, what word was that? Cognoscenti. That was very good. Yeah. Wow. Um, I think vocab. I vocab points. <laughs> Matt Harmon. <laughs> Man. Okay. For, uh, yeah, no, but um, – the the oh geez you really threw me off what I was gonna say now but um I think that we just kind of have to wrap our our minds around uh that he's more like Brett Favre than Peyton Manning and I think everybody has wanted to pigeonhole him as like QB God you know since he was born because that's just what happens but I think that there he that he's always going to be a risk taker and there's always going to be some variance in his play for sure. Um, so don't overdraft him again this year. No, no, no. Don't no. do that again. You can honestly, because of his injuries and how bad he looked this season, he's a guy you could definitely wait on. Like, similarly, I'm not expecting a bounce back to this magnitude, but like last year with Cam Newton, didn't yeah. look as great, was yeah. beat to hell all right. season, had the yeah. car accident. Right. People were drafting him even in like – Ex, quote unquote expert drafts in like the tenth, eleventh. Yeah. Well, part of that yeah. though, I mean, that, that was a lot of losing. You know, his receivers too. I mean, that too. You know, I, that think, I think. Down. I think if Kelvin Benjamin was there, I think he goes high. jumps up a couple of rounds. Yeah. But I agree. It was like, who is he going to throw to besides Greg Olson? You know, and then all of a sudden, Ted Ginn learns how to catch. <laughs> learns how to catch. You know, three out of every six passes <laughs> thrown his direction. Um, wide receivers is an interesting group for next year. Dante Moncrief. T.Y. Hilton. Hilton and Philip Dorsett. Philip Dorsett. Are you it's back a on good the trip. Are you back on the Moncrief bandwagon, uh, James? I would a hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. I love Moncrief next year. Who do you draft love first Moncrief out of that crew? Moncrief. Oh no, T.Y. is going first. I'm not going to draft T.Y. because I, I I I tend to fade away from smallish wide receivers that can only do one thing. Um, 
But Dante Moncrief, I mean, you look at that size and speed combo. Uh, look, man, I, look, I know I, I repeat myself a lot. <laughs> Here's I, like I get it. Like, you know, like I'm like the combine guy. Like I'm totally the combine. I look at like size and speed combos and then I, I fall in love with guys. That's what happens. Dante Moncrief is a freak athlete. Size, speed combination. He, but he can run routes, man. Uh, I'm I'm big on Dante Moncrief now. Armour, did you reception perception him this year? I did like his first couple games when the, he was doing well. When he was doing well. That's the thing. I mean, you you saw it like when he and Luck were on the field together. He was the red zone guy. He was the under. He was really the underneath guy too because Andre Johnson was just kind of there. Yes. And uh, Ty was still doing his thing. I'm I'm with you, James. That I think I won't be surprised if um if Moncrief ends up as the number one receiver. So there. Moncrief last year, 105 targets, 64 receptions, uh, second on the team. Ty had 69, just 733 yards, uh, six touchdowns. That was the most on the team for receiving. Yeah, man. I mean, uh, look, if they don't have Hasselbeck, who who is you know obviously going to make quick decisions, and that fe- features more of like a Ty Hilton type game, Moncrief can do different things. You know, so I just think with Andrew Luck back. Um, I, I really like Dante Moncrief next year. He's not going to go before double-digit rounds, right? Uh, I would depends. think I would think him in the six to eight range, probably. Oh, I don't. I you don't think he'll go that high? I would be more on the side of eight than six. Well, it depends, um, because like I said, I do definitely plan on studying him in the off season. Um, yeah, I don't know. He it's had just, such a bad year. There's just no way. I, I think, yeah, I think he gets undervalued because people will forget. And like you said, he was running some great routes against, like, Darrell Revis and really good corners yeah. at the beginning of the year. And I don't know, man. Like, I just I seem to, f- to find out this offseason that, like, when I said the thing about John Brown is basically, like, his, like T.Y. Hilton is his floor, I really think people overrate just how good T.Y. Hilton is. I mean, he's really – he's a he's really a very good, good player, player but, I mean, he's not like a – you know, he's not Antonio Brown. Yeah, no. Well, no, not at nobody all. is. But, <laughs> but I'm saying, like in that in that body size, he's not pride. even in that like discussion. So, oh, but I mean, that's what I'm saying. I mean, he's a smallish wide receiver that can go downfield. It's nice. Uh, it's it's a great feature to have because he's so fast and quick. But I don't know. I I just I tend not to draft those kind of guys unless his name is Deshaun Jackson and I have some kind of emotional history with him because <laughs> he went to Cal. He all right, went so to Cal. nobody's touching these tight ends. No, 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 which is really that's sad. Cause I remember, I remember loving you know Dwayne Allen, Dwayne Allen a couple years ago, and that's that's over. Well, look out, look out for Dwayne Allen. He might switch teams this year. That's true. I think isn't he? Is he a free? He agent? is a free agent. He's a free. All agent. right, so if he's gone, does Kobe Fleener? He he's got to see a tick up. He right. he had some pretty solid chemistry. Harmon hates Kobe. Kobe Fleener like is one of those football players that offends me. <laughs> <laughs> Offends that? Well, Why? because he's so – I mean, he is really talented. Okay. Um, and you could see that. And he's that. huge. Yeah, he's huge. He just doesn't, like – he just doesn't play to that potential, and it just bugs me. All right, there you go. Uh, um, Andre back. Johnson, I'm sure, is gone. Frank uh, Gore, is he uh, coming that's, back next That's year? the question. He's going to be 33 next year. I can't And he see got it. beat up this year. Beat up. He got beat up. I mean, up. it got to the point where – I mean, who were they? They were out Zerlon Tipton at the end of the so year. So that's the question. Hey, what, uh, what draft pick do the Colts have? Can they get Ezekiel Elliott? Uh, maybe. Let me look. 2016 draft order. I'm just going to tell you guys everything I type here. Great, great <laughs> radio right now. Uh, I, if they can, I mean, there's going to be some interesting running backs, but if they Colts can get. will select. Okay, hold on. Ezekiel Elliott's a perfect fit for this offense. Oh, I agree. They're outside they need, the top 10. They need that. I think, I think, I think Zeke will go in, in the 12 to 15. Colts right? pick 18. Oh, no. Mm. Yeah, that's going to be tough. Yeah, it's going to be tough. He'll be, be tough. he'll be off the board by then. That's too bad. Maybe. You never know with running back. Uh, Zerline, sure. um, d- uh, great Lance Zerline, who writes uh, college football and uh, draft content for the right. the website for us here. He's a f- 
he's a freak of nature. He crushes so many prospects and stuff. But he mentioned that the senior prospects, because he wrote this article before the underclassmen declared. Got it. Somebody to watch is Devontae Booker from Utah. Oh, sure. had pegged there for maybe uh, the Colts. Oh and sure, he, that guy has some highlights, man. I haven't like done. And didn't he get? He got hurt study? though. He missed the. He, he, get, he, he missed some time. He's also hurt, like sure. a thousand years old too. <laughs> oh, is he? And by that I mean he's. I think <laughs> he's, he's like, like my. I think he's my age. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I got you. All right, let's talk about the Titans though. Uh, we talked about him a little bit, so we could kind of gloss over. But Mike Malarkey, of course, the new head coach in Tennessee. <laughs> Uh, Marcus Mariota started the the season off gangbusters. He he was the Kurt Henning. Uh, he had a perfect passer rating uh, in week one, and, and he kind of you know w- was a great streamable guy. Uh, I really liked what I saw out of Marcus Mariota. Here's the thing too, he didn't even use his legs really this no. year, and you got to think he's going to add that, uh, or at least get a little bit more of that moving forward. I really think he came into this season wanting to prove a point. That he's not a running quarterback, that he could sit in the pocket and sling it, and 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 boy, I tell you what, in that first week he really just did that, and and there was only throw like seventeen passes that first. True, week, can't forget. True that he had a couple 15. huge fifteen. You're right. It was even it was even less than I remembered. Fifteen and four TDs. But it's not like he went away after that. No, no, no. He still had some other. He still had some other good games. Um, he had another huge game uh, some somewhere in the middle part of the season as well. Against he had a four touchdown, three hundred seventy yard passing game against the Saints. No surprise, no surprise. And against Jacksonville too was that was where he had actually ran. Yeah, he ran. He had nine rushes for one hundred twelve yards and a TD. So, so there you go. Um, Doriel Green Beckham. I know we've talked about him to death. It seems like uh, does he actually finally partake in all of that all of that hype that people have been putting on him? If you remember, uh, it was weeks 12 to 15, he had uh, five targets, six targets, seven targets, and nine targets, and he was playing more of a full complement of the snaps. And then, of course, Mariota got hurt in that New England game. And, you know, Zach Mettenberger choked the life out of the offense for (laughs) for the last two games. But, I mean, it's the same thing as it ever was with Green Beckham. Like, the talent is definitely there, and I think that – I think he will develop, and he's a guy I'm definitely – another one I'm really looking forward to watching in the offseason and seeing what's there because I think that he could be – he could be a legit breakout candidate. Yeah, if, I he, mean, if he gets a little of the nuance to his game that's lacking right now to complement his outrageous physical tools, like, the sky's the limit. He's a guy, though. He's another guy who's maybe a double-digit round guy. 100% to take a, yes. to take a chance guy. on. And yeah, like, yeah. if he if he turns into Alan Hearns this year, then right. you're you're fantastic. He's a guy I will be very happy to take a, throw a dart at in the double-digit round. 100%. Everybody asks me, you know, who's this year's Alan Robinson? And I, and I always tell people, like, it's this was a special thing. Like, it's not going to happen every year. Yeah. But if there was a guy that could be it, it could. he's one of the candidates for sure. Um, how about David Cobb? Yeah. How about how about David Cobb there, Alex? <laughs> I, had to, I had to put him on. Oh, of course. Uh, well, look, Bishop Sankey didn't get it done for this offense. Antonio no. Andrews isn't special. And uh, maybe David Cobb learned his lesson with uh, not really taking to the professionalism of the NFL, getting injured, being on IR. He's just one of those young guys that I might, depending on what we hear in the offseason, you know, yeah. like if we start getting some of those, oh, David Cobb's reported in great shape. He's a different player. He's in the meeting rooms. Definitely, I'll throw a late round flyer at him again because I don't even know if he gets drafted next year. No, probably. No, I mean, like he was like before he got injured, he was like a fifteenth round pick. This year, I think he might be in that range again. Like he's he's a guy that I just like, so I might throw a dart at again. But it's going to depend on what we hear and what this team does at the running back position because right now that backfield is a mess. How about the master of tip passes, Delaney Delaney Walker? Walker? Delaney Walker. 
Um, I mean, he had a great year he this had a year. Great year. First thousand yard season. He had, he had a 90, great year. Ninety four catches this year. I mean, ninety four catches. That's insane. You could make a case that he is the you know maybe the fourth tight end. He's certainly a top five tight end. You can make a case that he's maybe the fourth tight end off the board, maybe even ahead of Greg Olson. He was the tight end too in PPR. Yeah, that yeah. is That's in ninety four catches is bananas. And I think that is that is a Mariota thing. I mean, that was. Like, from the second he got on the field, he was like, okay, this is my guy. You know, I kind of expected, like, um, Kendall Wright to be that guy, and it just didn't materialize. But clearly he defaulted on on targeting Delaney Walker, who also played really well. I mean, he did. Quietly one of the NFL, NFL, NFL's, like, most underrated players. 100%. Um, I think he carried a lot of teams this year. So do we like Delaney Walker in that – I feel like a lot of people last year and will probably fall – follow suit this year you'll get the top tight ends out of the way early but then everybody will scoop one up in those like mid to beginning to be double digit rounds you think Delaney Walker's a good name to circle in that like round seven ish range yeah um if he makes it that let me let me ask you this Delaney Walker or Travis Kelsey who goes first Walker I'd take Walker first I but I think Kelsey will go ahead of him just because Kelsey will go ahead of him potential I would rather have Walker I agree with you I I agree with you guys as well but they're in that they're in that conversation (laughs) (laughs) they're in that conversation there's no doubt about it and I think that catches a lot of fantasy folks by surprise Mm -hmm. Tennessee not on TV almost hardly ever and even if they are you're not watching them yeah, and Delaney Walker's been one of those guys that's almost you feel like he's an accidentally in the top ten the last like three years or so, but yeah. he's always there. First of all, how old is Delaney Walker? I feel like he's been in the league seventeen years. Uh, he is thirty-one years old. He has played seven or ten seasons actually. Uh, you know, tight end's going to be interesting next year. It really is. You know, I, look, you're going to get the Gronk out of the way, you're, and Olsen will be your your second tight end off the board. Eifert. There's going to be Eifert there. Uh, there's going to be Delaney Walker. You're going to look at the Varnage. Gary Varnage. It's well, like, where do you I take kn- these guys? I know we'll do an AFC North postmortem, but I feel like Gary Barnage is going to be so overdrafted next year. He is. <laughs> He's going to be so overdrafted. And it's going to make me upset because I want to draft him. I do. Uh, uh, so real quick on Delaney Walker, his last three years, he was the tight end 11, tight end 10, tight end 5. Because apparently when he left San Francisco and went to Tennessee, he got himself a pair of hands right. in the interim. All right, so to, real quick to wrap this up, uh, yep. Harmon, you mentioned this name. I'm just curious what everybody thinks about him for next year. Kendall Wright, kind of dogged by injuries all year. He is a free agent too, I think. He is? I think you're right. Let me look. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm not a fan. I'm done. Yeah, I'm off, I'm off the bandwagon. I've tried. <sighs> I've, I've, Good athlete. I've tried. Um, to, I've tried to pull that that bandwagon along, and I can't do it anymore. Good athlete, just not a great wide receiver. Uh, I think that's he is. No, he's with the team next this year. Uh, Seven point through three two million dollars coming to him. Twenty seventeen, he's a free agent. He might get. I mean, I mean he, he could be a. Ca- I don't know what their cap situation is. I'd have to look into that more. But I don't know, man. I I still kind of buy into Kendall Wright just because I do think he is a pretty solid route runner that's not very convincing though no I know it's not very convincing but I also think like it was it's weird that like at Baylor he was such a vertical threat and I know they've pigeonholed him into this like really specific like slot receiver role which which doesn't make sense to me yeah I don't know I think it might take another team but at the same time like I, I mean I don't think he's ever going to be like a big t- that I think that like 94 catch year I think it's like an, an outlier for his fantasy status yeah, but no doubt. I do think like on the right team with a Really, and maybe Mariota's that quarterback, like the you know intelligent, up tempo passer. But I don't know. But I mean, that's the thing with Kendall Wright. It's like you said uh, in college, he was an awesome vertical threat. He's such a good athlete, but he has not played with quarterbacks that like to go downfield. Mariota doesn't like to go downfield. No, uh, he likes to work uh, that middle part of the field. 
uh, 15 yards out or whatever it might be. So Kendall Wright, I just it's not a great fit. Uh, you know, if he does get cut, it, he's he's a very interesting number two wide receiver to me. On a different but, team? Yeah, on a different team. Just as a number one, can't do it. Uh, he's just not versatile enough. You mentioned he runs great routes. I just, even if that's the case, he's never open. Uh, I think that's the problem, too. So it, it maybe he's just doing something that he's just not comfortable with. So I don't know. But, uh, but yeah, if he goes to a different team and he's a number, a solid number two wide receiver, interesting prospect, no doubt about it. But just what as if, number one, I can't, if, I can't buy in. As a hypothetical, yeah. he were to go to Houston. Ooh, opposite Nuke? That's not bad. That would be interesting. That would be very interesting. I, I, I would, they I would buy a, in. They then. still don't have a. Quarterback. I was gonna say that's like the exact opposite of the like quarterback offense that right. I painted. He needed. <laughs> <laughs> I was just, I'm just throwing it out there. No, that's an we interesting. One. If but he, I mean, he you know what? Oh, how about this? How about there. this? New York, the Giants, hmm. opposite Odell. Yeah, I mean that quick up tempo passing game. Wow. And Odell can operate out of the slot a lot. They can leave Kendall on the outside. Right. Speed. I think they would probably put him on the in the slot. That's where he's been pretty much his whole career. Um, like the ideal scenario would be he ends up in like New England, but that's not going to happen. No, <laughs> that's where that's where he would. I mean, that, but that's the type of offense. I know, but it's I laugh because every time there's a a guy who has potential but hasn't met it yet, everybody's like, "Hey, go to New, New England." England. Right. <laughs> At least in this case, though, it's not like this guy's a big vertical threat. You know, right? I don't know. All, all right. right, let's tap it and get out of here. All right, oh, God, sounds I don't good. Even have one. Yet. Extra, extra, <laughs> read all Yeah, it's so funny. Uh, we, we do this thing every week, and honestly, uh, half the podcast today, not prepared, because I'm not prepared. I know Matt Harm is not prepared. <laughs> nope. uh, MG, my guy, Marcus Grant, what do you uh, got for Daily Daps? Uh, I want to dap uh, the return of the X-Files. It's coming back this week. Oh, my gosh, I'm so excited. It's coming yeah. back this week. Yeah, and I know I know people get tired, you know, Hollywood and, and TV. They're all about remakes and reboots and whatever. Yeah, sometimes it gets a little old, but... Yeah, I'm excited about the X-Files coming back. Um, you know, it's been a while. Mulder, Scully, they're back. Uh, probably that weird sexual tension that they had for all those years is probably coming back along with it. Um, I'm just flat out excited. I think when – I just imagine when I hear the theme song, I'll have a big grin across my face as I sit on the couch. Oh, yeah, man. So uh, <laughs> Daily Dap to Chris Carter and Fox and everybody, you know, David Duchovny, Gillian Anderson, everybody involved. Uh, we'll see if Cigarette Smoking Man comes back too. I'm just uh, – uh, <clears throat> Man. Uh, full disclosure on the X Files. I had a Jillian Anderson poster in my dorm room. Uh, oh, yeah, freshman year of college. Oh yeah, I was in. I, I was all in on Jillian. Anderson. I wasn't, you know, and I wasn't. I didn't get in early on the X Files. I think I missed the first season or so. But in that's college, okay. That's no, okay. But in college, so in college, I had a roommate who was way, way into it, and I'm like, all right, let me see what this is about. And I sat down and I watched it. And unbeknownst to me, it was like a two-part episode. Okay. So I'm watching it, and I'm kind of getting hooked. And then it said, to be continued. And I just like, was like, oh. what? I got to come back next week. And I, I, at that point, I They were the masters, too, of the to be continued at the end of the season. Yes. And you're like, oh, my gosh. I and this was way before you could binge watch anything. Way before. <laughs> right. You, I mean, you just died. Yep. It was between, it would it'd be like between seasons four and five. And you're like, oh, my God. This is not. This is cruel and unusual punishment. That's what this is. I remember the Great X Files show. being the show that my parents watched that I watched. Oh I'll my go. god! <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, how dare you? Oh man! Uh, I just roasted everybody in the studio. That's so funny. <laughs> that's that sucked. 
All right. Uh, Alex Gelhar, what's up? Uh, I got two daily depths. One to the return of two of my favorite FX comedies. Oh, I think they're both on FFXX now. Uh, Man Seeking Woman came back with a couple solid episodes. Okay. Uh, Jay Baruchel, Eric Andre. Okay. Really funny, surreal comedy. And, of course, it's sunny? Always, always Sunny in Philadelphia. I have not back. watched the second one. I watched the first one. The f- yeah. Charlie McDennis 2, Electric <sighs> Cogaloo. Yeah, that was, that was great. The second, <laughs> second one was good, too. But uh, they, they still got it, like, 11 seasons deep or whatever they are. There you go. And the other thing I wanted to dap is I still haven't watched it yet. It's on my DVR, but I've been hearing good things, is if you're in the need of, like, a Game of Thrones fix. Okay. There's the new show on MTV called the Shannara Chronicles. I might have butchered that. Really? Yeah. It's uh, it's based on a Terry, yeah, Brooks, Terry yeah. Brooks book. Yeah, they did it. One of my good friends is actually one of the producers of the show. She really? helped bring it to light with her company. So I'm excited to check it out. I've heard some pretty good things about it. It's getting some good reviews and stuff. So That's crazy. Those you, books have been out for like 30 years. Yeah, well, so Game of Thrones was out for like, you know, 15 years before. Was it? it up. Yeah. I didn't the know The first that. one came out in like 94. Really? Yeah. I see. I didn't know that. Yeah. These, so uh, I, you, I read those back in high school. Yeah, yeah. If you need a fantasy fix, it's a it's a much beloved series. And the, the trailers look pretty cool. They've got a good cast in it. They've got Manu Bennett, who is awesome on uh, Arrow and other things. So. I saw look. I saw the commercial for it, and I wasn't totally in because it's on MTV. Yeah, which, I mean, that's the thing is, like, that was, like, when Arrow and everything was going to CW, people was like, oh, yeah. but it's on the CW. Right. But then they still did a good job. Like, we can't let the network brands, like, networks are, like, throwing their, like, brand, aside from CBS doing all procedurals right. and 18 editions of NCIS. Right. Like, other other networks are trying. Everything's are a trying detective stuff, show. So. It's, it's so ridiculous. Everything's but, a detective show. Man. Yeah. So daily adapt to the Shannara Chronicles. Check it out on MTV. And I think most of the episodes are streamable on like Hulu right now. If you want to catch up. But you've seen this this you've seen episodes on. I have not watched. Oh, okay, yet. It. It's on my. It's on the DVR. Got it. I was trying to get. I was trying to see if I should get get in on. Well, this. I'll I'll watch it and next week. I'll tell you. There you go. Boom. Uh, Matt Harmon, what's up? Yeah, I'm gonna dap the uh, return of draft season. Marcus, what was the line <laughs> that you? Uh, give me a moment. I will pull up. Yeah, there was a uh, a line that let me know we were officially in to NFL draft season because there are only certain things. There, there are certain things you hear, and you can tell I'm just stalling for time while I yes, pull this absolutely. thing up. Yeah. Um, I love draft season, though, while Marcus continues to stall. Draft season like, is great. It's I, so fun. Yeah, I mean, it, for one, the takes get, like, outrageously hot. Oh. Anonymous Scout is back in full force on your timeline. Yep. But it is also fun. I mean, and I've been I've been charting the college receivers pretty much all year, and okay. I put up a little post on my site about oh, great. some of the. Top okay, here we go. This guys. is the this is the line. Um, again, Lance Zerline, who does yep. yeoman's work, uh, but about Robert Kimdichi, the uh, defensive lineman yes. at the Ole Miss. When you hear phrases like this, you know it's draft season. Has outstanding thickness and power through his rear thighs and calves. <laughs> <laughs> it's draft season, baby. Yeah. <laughs> When Marcus greeted me with that this morning, <laughs> I, it's draft season because I I, cause I just read this. I mean, that is funny. It is a, I mean, it's a really fun process, and it, it is it's cool to see some of these guys. And it's great to like just outrageously whiff on guys. Oh yeah, like too. And you know, you learn from that as well. But well, yeah. and, to, and to see the guys that that you liked or you maybe pounded the table for do yeah, really well. And, like exactly. it's fun. It's a good learning process. It's exciting, and the, the spectacle that the draft has become oh, is yeah. so much fun. Great. You know, and here's the thing, guys, on Twitter, please. If we say something, uh, we're you know like I remember we did draft we did the draft and uh, Fabs and I were uh, were doing fantasy analysis for the for the dot com side. Uh, Seattle took Tyler Lockett. I was I I poo pooed it, big time, big time. I said I hated the pick from a fantasy perspective because they've already got a bunch of smallish guys uh, that run routes. I, but look, when I once I watched the preseason, I said no, <laughs> I I love Tyler Lockett. Uh, you can't get on me. Uh, for for making a snap judgment call uh, during draft day, uh, and then if I go back and I actually watch how he fits in the offense, and, and if I like the guy, you can't say, well, hey, 
This guy's a flip-flopper. It's like, hey, look, I, I got new information here. All right, guys, so uh, if that happens on Twitter, if we take hot takes. In- information change. We get more information. It changes. Exactly. Like, you know, we've talked about Diggs on Stefan Diggs on this podcast. Of before. course. Harmon wasn't a big fan. I didn't even watch him that much out of Maryland. But once I saw what he was putting on film in the NFL, sure. I was like, I started to become a believer. I agree. All right, my Daily Dap will go into the UFC. Dominic Cruz yeah. uh, coming back, and it was incredible. I, to be fair, I did score the fight for TJ Dillashaw. Uh, very close fight. I, I do understand how every, uh, pretty much three of the five rounds were very, very close and, and really too hard to call. I could see I could see it going either way. Uh, but Dominic Cruz, there's no doubt about it. The story's great. Uh, I mean, he's coming back from like three career-threatening injuries. Uh, he's torn his ACL two or three times. He, he's blown out uh, various ligaments all over his body. And uh, the guy came back and he played and he had a, a great fight plan. Um, uh, props to Alliance Gym down there in San Diego, who I've worked with before. Eric Del Fiero, a tremendous striking coach. But Dominic Cruz, to come back from all those injuries and, and beat a guy like TJ Dillashaw, it was a great fight, great technical fight. Uh, congratulations and, and daily daps to Dominic Cruz, there's no doubt about it. I've worked with him in the past as well. A, a very smart man, uh, very intelligent, and, and a super nice guy. So it's great to see him uh, get back to the top of the heap. We shall see. Uh, who else is there to compete for the crown? All right, so there you go. So that's it. The NFL Fancy Live podcast for you folks on this Tuesday. Thanks for listening. For MG, Alex Gelhar, and Matt Harmon, I'm James Coe. We're out. What's up, everybody? DJ here from Move the Sticks, along with Bucky Brooks, our podcast. We look at the NFL through a player personnel perspective, looking at teams, looking at matchups, looking at the NFL draft. You can catch us on Move the Sticks, NFL.com slash podcast, as well as iTunes. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.